Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Hey, hey, welcome everyone. It is Being Brown at Work Live. Yes, as I always say, it's my favorite time of the week, especially when I get to share it with phenomenal women. And you may recognize this awesome guest because she was with us in February. So this is part two of what's going to be a three-part series with Miss Cassandra Rose. And let me remind you who she is. Cassandra Rose is a partner at Meritark and is setting a new standard for helping organizations optimize their human resources and diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. Having held roles at multi-billion dollar global brands and unicorn startups, Cassandra has developed proven strategies which positively impact the physical, mental, and financial well-being of employees and embed equitable practices. Cassandra has over 15 years of HR experience and is certified as a senior professional in human resources with a BBA in business management, a master's degree in human resources and employment relations, and professional certificates in diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership, and healthcare economics. She is a proud member of the Forbes Human Resources Council, and I am proud to have her yet again as a guest in this three-part series that she's been so graciously willing to share with us and the audience. Let me refresh your memory a little bit. Back in February, we had a discussion on health equity, equity on both parts, what us as consumers needed to know to make sure that the equity exists, but then most importantly, what your leaders and your companies should be doing to drive equity in healthcare. It was a phenomenal discussion that we had in February. And Cassandra, I want to welcome you back for part two, where we're going to talk about benefits literacy. Welcome back, Cassandra. Thank you so much, Linda, for having me back. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, I am beyond excited. And we've got Shamika that's already saying good evening, ladies. So Shamika, thank you for joining us live on LinkedIn. This is phenomenal. So let's just jump right in because I know uh, just like in February, the con- this subject matter is, is so immediate and, and, and most importantly, it's so necessary. We don't talk a lot about it, about this in our communities and in, in black and brown communities about healthcare benefits. We take some of it we take for granted. In other cases, because it's not available to us, we are we just keep it moving. So I know there's going to be so much information shared here. I want to jump right in, Cassandra. First things first, what is benefits literacy? I mean, what is it we have to be literate about? 
I mean, I'll give you an example. I joined a new company in January. Thank goodness. It's a phenomenal opportunity. (laughs) You know, and we had it online. All the, um, well, actually I went to an onboarding session in person, which was great. And I do what I normally do. You know, I get the booklet, I read it, check a few boxes, boom, I'm done, right? Most people do that. I think I that's enough. What would you say? I would say that you have to think of literacy as a lifelong journey. Mm. I know for me that I'm still learning new words and English is my native tongue. <laughs> wow. Right? Yes. So I think the advent of financial literacy is something that we now take for granted. Everyone's like, oh, I need a financial planner. I need to speak to someone who can give me expert guidance on how to make the goals that I have for my life reality. And we're still breaking ground on being able to do that through employee benefits. Because as you said, we take it for granted that everyone understands how to access it and then how to use it to achieve life goals, which is not the case. Yeah, yeah, it, that is truly not the case. And I've learned more as I've spent time with you because you've really made me go back and rethink some things. So give us the why. Why mm. does it matter to Shamika, for instance, or whoever else is joining us live? Why does it matter to those that are hearing this on replay or on the podcast? Why do I need to be literate in benefits? Great question. And what I would say is that so much so we think that we're on our own, right? When we think about going into the workplace, a lot of our focus is really around just being a good employee, getting that next promotion, getting that next pay bump, and hoping that we just have enough savvy, enough chutzpah to be able to achieve the things that we want to in life. And so what I would share is that you have to think of this literacy journey as not another task or thing to do, or just, you know, cool thing to say I have. It's about how do I bring into reality the things that are accessible to me to make me reach my life goals above and beyond that. And what I mean by that is by learning these different things, I can better negotiate for myself. I can set up better boundaries about what I do and do not accept when it comes to getting an offer from an employer, getting a promotion from an employer and what that could actually look like. And honestly, it can help unlock the resources that all of us are looking for when we're talking about the different gaps that we have from healthcare to financial, that there are gaps between genders, there are gaps between races, right? And so these benefits can help to bridge that. It's not the solve all. Uh, It's not the one single point solution But what I usually share with people is that I would leverage eight figure budgets to cover my employees, right? Eight figure budgets of investments that I'm designing and delivering. And there are millions of dollars being left on the table just because people don't know. Think of it as a winning lottery ticket that you just have in your bag. If you never cash it in, it doesn't matter how much it was anyway. Oh my gosh, Cassandra. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if, if it hits you guys like the way it hit me. So, so if just kind of like peel that back a little bit more for us, because I've had another guest on that really focused on negotiating salary, right? Usually mm-hmm. when you get a new job and that kind of thing, but peel this back a little bit more for us. When you say, I mean, in your space, eight figure budgets that you're managing investments, 
but yet me as an employee, you know, I, I leave it on the table. What am I leaving on the table? What is even available to me that I'm not accessing? Great question. So I think you actually helped me by saying first generation. For myself, just speaking even for um, me, my personal journey, I was first generation American. My parents are from Haiti and I'm the first native English speaker, first American in my family. So everything was a first for me, right? Going to college, I was the first person to go to college in America. And we have a lot of resources, right? When we think about that person doesn't know how to fill a FAFSA, that person doesn't know, you know, the difference between tuition and room and board and that you need to account for those costs when you're thinking about how much you have to pay for college. That first gen also goes with me into the workplace. I don't know what equity is. And when we think about these different tech companies and that they're now looming to be the largest employers in the nation, people might say, hey, we give you equity. I have no idea what that means. I don't know if I'm getting the right amount. I don't know how to access it. I don't know how to exercise it. I don't know (laughs) being a public tech company versus being a private tech company. Right. So we're just accepting whatever they give us because we've been trained to think about salary. We've been trained to think about potential bonus. But literally, equity could be a generational wealth creator. And if we're not negotiating that, if we're not understanding it, if we're leaving equity on the table when we leave a job, we could be potentially living, leaving hundreds, thousands, or millions of dollars behind. So that's just one aspect of it. And that's just, I mean, and that's just one aspect, probably this size. I mean, it's phenomenal. Your point is so valid. I, I've experienced it in my career going from publicly held companies, which is actually the move I just made, publicly mm-hmm. held company to a privately held one. Significant difference in that healthcare that's offered and how short-term and long-term incentive plans are structured. Um, Difference in the 401k, difference in all of that, right? Mm -hmm. And if I didn't take the time to understand the differences, and then when I left the other company, if I didn't make certain moves, if I didn't do certain things, if I didn't make sure that I walked away, took with me, did all the right. all that stuff, mm-hmm. I would have too left thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars. So, so it's what you're offering in this session is so invaluable. I mean, I I, I need all of you out here to really pay attention. Listen to what Cassandra is sharing. I have here, you know, a LinkedIn, two things I always preach to new girls in my department. Read your employee handbook that covers your job. Read the policies that cover your job. Yes, this is a LinkedIn user, don't have a name there, but they stress to their employee. And that is so true. And that's one thing <laughs> I had a, some, a friend of my husband say, you know what, all they got to do is put it in a handbook or put it in because we're not going to read it. And, and it's so true, right? I mean, it's so true. My husband's a vet. We've been getting into all of his vet benefits that he wasn't really fully aware, right? You leave, mm-hmm. you, you put it in a booklet, nine times out of 10, we're not going to read it. Shame on us, right? So Cassandra, yes, we leave those that pieces of paper. Uh, we don't fill out or we do fill out. We leave money on the table. 
the why you've constructed for us beautifully, right? Because you keep bringing up generational wealth. Everyone, you're going to want to tune in in June because that's how she's going to pull this all together. So, you know, (laughs) take your notes now on the benefits literacy because in June, she is going to be talking about how to create generational wealth. So Cassandra, you know, we've talked a little bit about the why. I get it, right? And because it's owed to us as employees, technically, right? I mean, we're coming and and meeting the company. We're doing our job. We're performing. We're doing everything else. And so we have met the obligation and we're leaving things on the table that we've worked for, that we've earned, and that it translates to creating the generational wealth you're going to talk about in June. So now that we know that, okay, we've got the why kind of, you know, laid out there. What would you tell our audience? I mean, what, how do, how do I even go about it? You mm-hmm. know, what, what question, is there certain questions I need to ask? Reading, true, it's fundamental. So got to read the book. But it feels like to me, Cassandra, that there's more to it. So, so what would you share about the how? So we can be totally aware of what we what's available to us and then how to execute it and get it. Yeah. And, you know, I would double click or that's a tech thing of just saying, you know, dive deeper into what you said, Linda, about like it's our responsibility to, to read it. But I kind of look at it as like the Apple terms of agreement. Like if you've ever tried to download anything on your iPhone or for those uh, <laughs> Android users out there, you just scroll down. Because you know you want the thing on the other side of that Ah, agreement. I just want my health insurance. I just want my 401k. I need this job to pay my rent. So whatever else you got in the middle. (laughs) So true. Fine. Fine. You know, it could be, hey, I'm going to give you my firstborn. It's like, skip, 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 skip. Because I need the song. I need the program. I need the job. So I don't put the onus on the employee always. I put the onus on the system because if this was Mm. one company that wasn't getting it right, then I'd be like, that company needs to do better. It's a systemic problem. Yes, Hundreds and thousands of companies are not able to articulate and position the reward that someone is getting outside of their salary. That's why people quit and leave money on the table. That's why people quit to go get another job but then they're paying more for their health insurance. They're paying more. They're not getting a 401k match and they're actually making less money. And I have friends who've said to me, like, I don't get it. I like, I'm making more money in salary, but I don't have as much. I'm like, cause your healthcare premiums doubled and you're yes. not getting this bonus and you're not getting all this equity, right? You need to see the whole package. Yes. And again, I don't necessarily blame HR professionals because we're overwhelmed. A lot of companies yeah. have a like one to 700, one to 1000 HR ratio. So how can one person be responsible for taking care of a thousand different people's needs and wants and levels of understanding and engagement? Mm-hmm. So what I would say to the individual employee, that person who's like, I'm currently at a company. I don't necessarily want to leave, but how do I make sure I'm tapping into everything is go ahead and get that employee benefits guide or that handbook and anything that doesn't make sense to you. I want you to circle it. (laughs) I want you to go through it like you would go through a textbook when you were in school and then go to someone in HR and have them explain it to you. It is not your responsibility to fully understand it on your own. That's what I mean about access. Literacy is not your own journey. Utilize the resources you have. And if you're not getting the answers you want, 
look at the vendors that are listed, right? If you have yep. a health insurance question and HR is not giving you the answer, call the number on the back of your insurance card. If you have a 401k question, all 401ks are managed by much larger companies. Call yes. them. Get the answers. You have agency. And that's what I want to bring through that benefits literacy is having enough knowledge to know where to go. And I will compare it to travel. I don't know the name of my pilot when I'm booking my flight. <laughs> I don't necessarily know how the plane works, what type of gasoline's in there. I just know I'm going to end up at my final destination. Yes. And any questions I may have, I'm calling the website, I'm calling the hotel, and I'm just getting the information I need to make the informed decisions I need yes. to get to my destination. So don't feel like you need to become me. Just get enough knowledge that you know where to ask, be able to confidently share your goals, whether it's I have a chronic condition and I need proper health care, or I'm looking to utilize all the benefits that the company has already put a budget of away for me. Yes. Yes. Right. We're not trying to trick you and give you money and then take it back. I'm literally constructing and putting things in to get you to stay. And I want you to partake in those things and you have the right to them. Oh my gosh. And Cassandra, that is so critical that I don't believe we really get right. These things are there for us. They exist already. They've been paid for already. Mm -hmm. I will tell you with my new company, I have Ginger, I have Teladoc, I have stuff, Cassandra, that I didn't have before. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing, right? Mm -hmm. And even my healthcare provider, with some of the things that's been going on recently in my family with a loved one. I'm getting these regular phone calls, checking in on him to make sure that we are pleased with the um, services of the uh, doctors that, that we used. I'm going to be frank with you. I've been in the corporate game for a long time, over 35 years. I've not had this level mm -hmm. of care before. And it was because, I, I mean, that was what was offered to me. I read, <laughs> to your point, the booklet. I did have a few questions and I reached out to a few people at the company I'm at now. They were kind enough not to just talk to me, but they said, hey, let's jump on a Teams call. Let me mm -hmm. pull up the screen. Let's step you through. So anyone, if you're listening to what Cassandra just told you, I'm telling you, do it. They will help you in what they don't know. And actually one person said, you know, I'm not sure. That's a good question. And they recommended me somewhere else to get the information. So please take her up on this recommendation she made just now. Don't sit back and think, oh, your questions are stupid or I should know. Or you call one person in HR, you get frustrated and you just stop. Mm -hmm. Don't do that because it, it's to your benefit. You should know. We've got this LinkedIn says, good point. Companies need to do a better job in new hire orientations explaining benefits. What would you share with that, Cassandra? Because someone here that's listening with us live saying that, all, yeah, all the responsibility can't be put on one another. It's a team effort between companies, employees. Yes. But just talk a little bit though, Cassandra, I think they bring up a good point. When you're bringing on new employees and you've got that orientation going on, right? And it's an orientation and it's got a prescribed period of time. We all go through them. <laughs> Right. We all go through them. And I don't I never think it's enough time to really give contents around 
something as critical as this? What would you offer around that? Yeah, I I like to call that period mission impossible because you have one mission. (laughs) You got to do it in 30 days or else that's it. You, You can't get sick. That's it. You won't get 401k, right? It's a lot of pressure. It's and a you're, lot. Yes. What I used to joke with my employees is when we were in office, you know, you're just trying to find out where the good bathroom is. Like on top of <laughs> your manager, your team members, all these different yes. HR platforms that you have to get on and regular things. So it's a lot of stress. And what I would encourage employers, lead people, leaders who are listening in um, is to really think about reporting. Right. We get so focused on those first 30 days of an employee. And then we don't worry about someone until for me and benefits open enrollment or at an exit interview. There's so many different touch points that you can re-engage your employees, whether someone's been there 10 years or 10 months. Say, hey, did you know X? We're going to have equity one-on-one training and offer that on a quarterly basis. If one person shows up, that one employee that came to it felt empowered, now yes. knows what to do. If they say for one year, you're saving tons of money versus if that person turned over because they didn't understand the value, you know, saw a shiny ball at another company, ran after yep. that. <laughs> yep. And now you have to replace that employee. So I think we need to shift from onboarding to a continual reboarding oh, that I makes love that. sense. For your employees. Oh, I love that. Reboarding. Love that. Love that. Love that. As usual, yeah, Shamika, employer must continuously engage throughout their life cycle. Shamika, you're absolutely correct. And that's what Ms. Cassandra just shared with us. And you're right. It continuous, continuous. Just because I'm a 20-year veteran doesn't mean I'm less important as a, you know, employee, <laughs> as a new person who just started 20 days ago. So great point. Great point, uh, Shamika. And I love the reboarding. So Laretha loves it too. I love that terminology, Cassandra. So as always with our time together, you know, it starts to wind down and we run out of time to 30 (laughs) minutes just flies by. So February, we talked about health equity and, and, and how employers, leaders and ourselves can make sure that things are equitable, right? And in this session, we've been talking about benefits literacy and we're going to be moving everyone. It's June 7th. So I know some of you in the chat's been saying, I'm coming back in June. Mark your calendar. Now it's June 7th, where we're going to be talking about creating generational wealth. Because Sandra, you know, between now and then, you know, what would you offer to our listeners who are with us live today, viewing us live, catching this maybe on a a, um, replay or on my podcast? What would you offer to them at this point in time where they can link the health equity and the benefits literacy together? What are some of the things that they can do? First things first, don't feel like there's nothing you can do right now. There are certain benefits that you can engage with year round and make changes to. Like Linda, I love your example of ginger, which is a mental health benefit. If your company offers headspace or talkspace or anything that's not purely medical, if you haven't used it yet, you can start using it tonight. Go onto your company's internet. Go look at that benefits guide. I want you to make a list of every single thing that they call a benefit and reintroduce yourself to it. And anything that you can activate, go ahead and do so. If you don't like it, you don't have to continue using it. 
but at least encourage yourself to engage in those things. Because again, when I like to tell people, you know, the sausage making of benefits, a vendor has to pitch me. I have to meet with them. I have to think that they're actually going to add value to the lives of my employees. I need to figure out pricing and terms. Is this going to be something I, you know, introduce to my employees for a year, two years, three years? I have to work with legal and procurement. I have to work with finance to get a budget to be able to afford this benefit. Then I have to think about a campaign about how I roll it out, how people are able to uh, get access to it. Does that include, like, think about all the stuff I go through and then it just shows up for you. And I'm not saying feel bad for me. I'm saying I was intentional (laughs) (laughs) about all the work that went into it. So I implore you, if something's available to you, it may delight you. It may be good for your spouse. It may be good for your kids, uh, those underage and those in college, because medical insurance goes to 26. So a lot of these benefits carry over to that age too. Uh, There are certain benefits like your employee assistance program. You can give that to your parents. You can give that to your cousin. Like you don't like figure out how you can leverage different benefits again to meet your life goals. That's why they're there. Think of it as a buffet. You get to select and make the plate that best suits you. Oh man, Cassandra, that was phenomenal. I, I, that that was a perfect way to sum up this session and pull those two together. Absolutely beautiful. And and you're absolutely right. You know, whether you use it or not, I know I had legal assistance, right? And I logged on and I used it for a period of time, identity theft, all that other stuff I had. And then I, after a while, I was like, oh, okay, I don't need it. But I did use it for a year or two or three or whatever it was. So great advice, Cassandra. Thank you so very much. Again, everyone, I said this before in February when Cassandra did part one and we got some additional comments and, and, and people reached out. If you have any questions, something that wasn't clear in this session on benefits literacy, send Cassandra a note, send me a DM. We'll make sure that we either answer them in the interim or we connect them on June 7th when uh, part three comes back around. Again, it's June 7th where she's going to pull all of this together and help you create generational wealth. Cassandra, yet again, what an honor to have you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your insights, helping us be better individuals, better for our families, just be better holistically. Uh, That's what's so wonderful about the segments that you've talked about. And I greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Well, Linda, thank you for holding space for being Brown at work. I wish things like this existed when I was coming up. Um, I know I look young. I have a great skincare routine. That's what I like to tell people. But it's so important to know that you have voice, you have agency, and thank you for giving us a platform to share that. It's an honor. Take care, Cassandra. Take care, everyone. Until next time. Bye-bye. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.